0: This Is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on right now. Continue to rise that viewership numbers way up. We appreciate that. We appreciate you always watching. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelist tonight from the Great Iron Battle Zone is Brian King. We're doing an interview only tonight. And our special guest tonight, we have a, a guest that's ranked 73rd on the list of the 100 most influential Canadians in baseball. That's a pretty good. Pretty good number, pretty good list there. So he's been the Director of Operations for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame since 2000. We are joined tonight by Scott Crawford. Scott, thank you for joining us.
2: Hey, well, it's always great to talk baseball, and uh, it'll be a good conversation we're going to have.
0: Absolutely, looking forward to this. So as I said, we're having an interview only tonight. We're going to learn about the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, some of its players. We have done prior on this show, obviously, the Mount Rushmore of Canadian Baseball, uh, we also had the Montreal Expos, uh, Mount Rushmore. Hopefully, we'll get to a Blue Jays one eventually. So we're going to start tonight's question out for Scott with this. I want you to tell us, I, I know it was just announced, but tell us who the uh, 2022 inductee into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame is and, and a little bit about his career.
2: Yeah, well, we just announced uh, in early February, that we're going to induct Jeff Francis into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's, uh, he, he's a British Columbia boy, born and raised out there, um, and he was a first-round draft pick by the Colorado Rockies in 2002, ninth overall, so great uh, great pitching prospect. Um, started out great. He won the 2004 Minor League Player of the Year from Baseball America, so he was on the rise um, in the big leagues in late 2004 and permanently come 2005, and, uh, you know, he, he led the Rockies to the 2007 World Series against the Red Sox. We. We all know it didn't turn out well for the Rockies because uh, they got swept by the Red Sox. But he was the uh, the first Canadian to start game one of a World Series and, and only the wow. second Canadian to ever start a, a World Series game, right? So uh, Reggie Cleveland back in 1975 for those Red Sox was the other guy. So, um, no, overall, he pitched 11 years in the big leagues, almost 1,300 innings. Uh, he's pitched uh, multiple times for Baseball Canada at the, at the uh, World Baseball Classic and the Pan Am Games and, um, he was a starting pitcher when we actually won the gold medal in 2015. I uh, I won't say who we beat that year, but uh, if you look it up, you might you might notice the other uh, team that we beat. But there was a good game, extra inning game, um, and uh, we happened to come out on top that time. So it was pretty cool, and he started that game. And you know, he's he's one of those guys that um, you know had to pitch in Colorado, which we all know is extra tough. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look at his longevity of 11 years in the show. Um, World Series pitcher, gold medal winner at the Pan Am Games multiple times in Baseball Canada, and he's given back to the game. He's he helps. He's retired now, but he he helps coach the junior national team, and uh, that's just a way that you know we really look at those things as positive things that they're giving back to the game and and helping the future generations of baseball.
0: Anyone who pitches in Colorado has my respect. That's for sure. Your, <laughs> your ERA is going. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, he had a he had a few tough years, but again, he you know, he lasted, he pulled it out, he was their best starter for a few years and went on to a few other teams, played for Kansas City and Oakland and New York and and finished his career with our with our beloved Blue Jays. So uh he was in the a lot of people don't remember, but he was in the bullpen in 2015 when we roared back and and after those trades for David Price and whatnot and and uh made the playoffs in twenty fifteen. He Jeff was in our bullpen doing pitching for us. So good. That's
1: That's nice, nice. Well, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, it was established, uh, St. Mary's, Ontario, 40 years ago, so 1982. Um, can you describe the facilities and uh, what visitors can expect and maybe some additions in the future?
2: Yeah, we're pretty excited. I mean, we have, uh, uh, it's a 32 acres of land, um, which allows us to have, uh, we have four different ball fields. We had the museum, we got walking trails um our our ball fields we have about a thousand events on our site during the year and our season sort of goes from mid-April to mid-October uh give or take a week or two because of the weather um but our fields are packed every single day of the week and it's fantastic you got kids from five years old playing baseball up to the elite level teenage baseball you know the year they get drafted when they're 18 or going off to college so it's the wide variety of ages um so you come here you can always find a ball game to watch on one of the four fields or or all four fields if you really. Want to come here at the same time and see them. Um, inside the museum, it's a, it's a 3,500 square foot museum. Uh, we just newly renovated it. We were closed uh, for one year. We closed down in 2018 just to uh, renovate the museum. We sort of did three things. One, we, we built the new addition, which is in the, in the picture that uh, Brian's in. And then uh, the, we updated the old museum, which is where, I'm, where my picture is the plaque gallery. And uh, we brought everything in house basically before we were spread out to a couple of different locations in St. Mary's, and it just didn't work. You know, you want everything in the same building, the same stuff. Um, our archives, our collection, our offices in the museum are now all all situated. So we opened in 2019, at our brand new museum, uh, and uh, and then we all know the last two years haven't gone very well. We've been uh, closed more than open because of COVID, but we're hoping 2022. You know, our our plans to open May first for the summer and. And uh, we really hope we get to do that this year.
0: So with the MLB Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, they have kind of like what's a veterans committee that, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with it. They put in players that might have missed the cut when they were eligible during their 10 years or so. Is there anybody that you feel should be in the Canadian Hall of Fame that that isn't, that may have been overlooked through the years?
2: Uh, I mean, we have a similar voting process as them. We have the selection committee, and then a sort of a, a group of people that look at people who don't necessarily get in. Um, there, there's there's guys. I, there's a lot on the ballot right now, so they're still active guys that haven't got in. I, I mean, you look at someone like maybe a Jesse Barfield, uh, who one of the greatest outfielders with the Blue Jays and had that rifle of an arm from right field in the '80s. Um, yes. You know, he I I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, George Bell and Lloyd Mosby are in, and so two-thirds of that famous outfield from the 80s is in the Hall of Fame. And um Jesse's Jesse should be in with his his numbers and his his career home run title and great defense in the outfield and and uh whatnot. And um there's there's Canadians like Eric Gagne and and um a few other guys that you know I think will get in down the line. You gotta be retired to be eligible to be in the hall, just like again, like Cooperstown, you gotta be retired. Um so I think those are probably the probably the top two that will, you know, get in soon, I would assume, but aren't in yet.
1: So for the, the class of 2021, uh, one of the inductees was Helen uh, Callahan, uh, who played for the All-American Girls Baseball League, uh, the one that was featured in the movie A League of Their Own. Uh, sadly, Helen passed away many years ago, so she was not around to, uh, you know, to enjoy the induction. Um, but what was the experience like uh, reaching out to the family and informing them that she was going to be the first woman in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. I mean, if you don't know a lot about that league, definitely you know the movie League of Their Own is good. I mean, it's 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 from the '80s, so it's been around a long time, and it's got some. I'll we, we've say had, always
0: we've sorry we've had Megan Cavanaugh who played Marla Hooch on this show.
2: Oh, nice, oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect. So you know all about the movie, but uh there were actually sixty-eight Canadian ladies in that league over the ten years. So there are a lot of Canadian ladies that played, mostly from Saskatchewan and in the Prairie provinces. Cause of course a league sort of started in central USA, Chicago and, and some of those places. Um, but her, her family was ecstatic. We reached out to her one son who actually played major league baseball, Casey Kandel. He played with the Expos and a few other guys. And he's actually was a manager of the AAA Buffalo Bisons this past summer, um, which is the Blue Jays AAA team. So it was pretty cool to have that connection. And he just won co-manager of the year in AAA. Um, so he's doing really well in his, uh, in his coaching career and and uh you know he he was born in the states um from his mom who's who's Canadian but uh he, he was pretty pumped because I mean she's he's got other brothers and and siblings and and we touched with him first because we knew of him and easy access to him and uh he spread the words to his siblings and and they all got pretty excited about it you know it's it's their mom I mean how do you not get excited about your mom getting into, into a hall of fame and uh um he spoke at our ceremony was virtual of course and but Casey spoke at it and thanked us for it. And uh, it's a good new connection that we have that we didn't have before. And we get to hear some stories about, about, uh, about Helen that we didn't know. So it's pretty cool.
0: So you mentioned Eric Gagne. I'll just throw this plug out there. He's done our show as well. But uh, so you bring him up. Uh, we just saw that MLB did not put Barry Bonds in, did not put Roger Clemens in. They are now off the eligibility ballot. Uh, Everybody has a different opinion on this. So I was just wondering, what is your opinion on the steroid era players? I don't like how they kind of pick and choose who they think used and who didn't use because we don't really know for facts. They just kind of go off it. I mean, we saw David Ortiz get in, but we know that he had a positive because that Mm -hmm. is record. So what are your thoughts on those players? Do you think they'll get into the Hall of Fame one day
2: in your opinion? Uh that's that's a tricky question. Um but no, I think I think um I was surprised I'll try this here. I was surprised Ortiz got in in his first year for two reasons. One is the connection to steroids back in 2003 when in the report that uh that came out, and two, he was a DH. I didn't think enough baseball voters, and it's the Writers Association of America, would um 75% of them would want him in in the first year. I thought he'd get in eventually. Um, I thought, again, this year, there'd be nobody in. In, like, last year, they didn't have anyone in in through the voting process with Kurt Schilling finished the highest last year, I I think. Um, But I'm happy for him. He's in. He got a 77%. So, obviously, majority of people thought he was a Hall of Famer. Bonds and Clemens, I wasn't surprised. Um, You know, it's such a confusing thing who was using, who wasn't using. Um, Bonds and Clemens... Are different. I think they had Hall of Fame careers before they supposedly started taking uh, steroids. Bonds and Clemens never tested positive. They're never proven guilty. They never said they did it. Um, so it's it's hard because there's no proof. We can all think what we want, and I and I think the writers obviously showed what they they thought. Um, but really, with the uh, you know with no evidence, where you compare it to a guy like Alex Rodriguez or Manny Ramirez who they were both suspended um, a couple times, I believe with Manny's case and A-Rod for a whole year. Um, you know, so I'm not surprised they didn't do too well on the ballad uh, because they're different than than Bonds and Clemens because they they did it and they were tested and they were caught and they were suspended. And uh, A-Rod still got, I think, 30 some percent in his first round on the ballot, which which I think he'll, you know, he's not going to climb up over. Um, if he climbs up over, you know, and gets in, before Bonds and Clemens, that's really confusing for all the baseball fans. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, because he tested positive and got suspended. The other guys didn't. So, um, you know, we all, we all think we know what we think. And, and uh, you know, but it's definitely – it's a tricky case. There are a lot of guys doing it, and there's probably guys in the Hall of Fame that, that did it. and uh, But, you know, it's, it was a time when, unfortunately, a lot of people did it, and baseball didn't necessarily uh, stop it. Or want to stop it until they had to, and uh, you know it led to a lot of people. You know, an uneven field for for a lot of people.
1: Well, back to the uh, Canadian Hall of Fame. Um, can you te- can you take us through the process? I mean, I know there's a, there's a body of, of writers, right? Or, or uh, there's definitely a, a, a committee that that, that votes. Can you, so, can you take us through the process? How many voters are there? Um, you know, the certain deadlines and that and that sort of thing.
2: No, for sure. It's um, again, it's similar to Cooperstown. Um, we have uh, you have to be retired three years. Where the not the Baseball of Fame states is five years, so that's a slight difference. Um, there's a selection committee spread across Canada. We want where the Canadian Hall of Fame, so we want to make sure we cover the whole country. Uh, there's 24 voters. Uh, you need 75% to get in, and our voters are are different than Cooperstown. Cooperstown's all the baseball writers of Association of America that do those voting that does that voting. We have uh, four different groups of people in our small group of 24, but we spread out our expertise. We have historians, we have baseball executives, we have media, and we have past inductees. So we have a range of expertise in, in our committee, um, which is important to us again because if you look at our inductees, you know we've inducted announcers and trainers and general managers and scouts and uh, scorekeepers and you know so the whole facet of the game of baseball. And I think that's I think that's a good thing because baseball isn't just about the players it's about all aspects of the game and um, basically the voting takes place over December and January the deadline to send your uh, information to me is December 1st I pass it on the committee and we basically do our work over the month of January and then like we did just recently we announced you know Jeff Francis who usually the beginning of February we announce the new class of inductees.
0: Is there a current Player, some current players now that you expect will get in one day or maybe someone who's not eligible yet like a vlad jr or uh maybe jose batista who, who are you expecting to get in here in the future pretty soon
2: yeah i think uh i think i mean canadian wise uh russell martin's eligible next year um, oh, nice. he has great start with the dodgers and of course pit your the pittsburgh team yeah. and the pirates and uh big home um, run in the playoffs <laughs> yep Yep, in the Yankees, and he finished with the Blue Jays. Well, he finished with the Dodgers, back to the Dodgers, but a few good years with the Blue Jays. Russell Martin becomes eligible next year. He, he's a shoe in um, one of the greatest Canadians ever played the game and, and one of the best catchers of his generation. I mean, you look at his numbers, he lines right up with the top, you know, five catchers in baseball the last 20 years, and, and he'll get in. Guys like uh, Jose Batista, yeah, he'll get in one time again on his Blue Jay qualifications of, you know, being one of the best Blue Jay players ever to play the game. He's still kind of playing. He played in the Olympics uh, this past summer, so he's got a few more years to wait uh, before he's, you know, officially retired for three years. Um, you know, so those guys will be, you know, some shoe ins in the next in the next couple of years.
1: Another, give you another hot button one. Um, a lot of fans out there talk about the American uh, uh, Pete Rose. I mean, I know he he did play a little bit with Montreal Expos. Um, do you have an opinion or, you know, is there, I, I, I don't know, if there's like official stance or, or whatever about Pete Rose's eligibility. I mean, obviously not in the Canadian, but for for Cooperstown.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think he, uh, he broke that, you know, he's suspended by Major League Baseball. So as long as you're suspended by Major League Baseball, you can't be on there. Uh, you can't be eligible for the National Baseball of Fame. Um, you know, he, he, He's obviously one of the greatest, you know, arguably maybe the top 10 players of all time with his hits and his runs and the way he played the game and led the big red machine and all that stuff. We all know about his playing days, but you know, he, he, he broke one of those rules that he, he bet on the game of baseball. And, and that really obviously offended a lot of people. Um, you know, it happened a long time ago and he's still on the ineligible list. Um, so I, I don't think he's coming off that list. Um, I I think, you know, you hate to say, but maybe once he passes away, people will look into it a little further, and and because uh, it's sort of a different honor when you passed away. Um, but again, you look at guys like Shoeless Joe Jackson from the, you know, <laughs> it's been a hundred years and he's still on the il- ineligible list and and uh, long gone. So, um, you know, I I don't think Pete's going to get in. I think he's he's um, you know upset too many people to to get in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So is there a Hall of Fame class that sticks out to you, Canadian Hall of Fame class that sticks out most to you, and you say, this was the best class we've had, like, ever?
2: I would, uh, I mean, they're all great, of course. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, all. Would, I would say, you know, a lot of people say 2015. Um, and it was Carlos Delgado, great Blue Jay player. Matt yeah. Stairs uh, from New Brunswick, one of the played for 12 different teams, uh, great player, pinch hitter. Um, Corey Koski played a thousand games, mostly with the twins and the players, the blue Jays, uh, Felipe Alou, who uh-huh. was a longtime manager and coach with the Expos. Right. And then Bob Elliott, a sports writer, uh, up here for the Toronto star and the Canadian baseball network website or Toronto sun, sorry, in the Canadian baseball network website. Um, you know, those five guys, a lot of people come to us and say, wow, those are five, uh, number one guys. Like, like you always think of who's the headliner for induction, you know, um, you know, we, some years it's all of them, like 2015, like any of them could have been the headliner because they're all amazing players for different reasons. And a lot of people come to us and go, do you remember 2015? And I'm like, well, of course I do. But, uh, you know, they, uh, they're like, that was a year of just five amazing people, amazing stories and, and different backgrounds from, you know, Delgado's from Puerto Rico and with a catcher in the minor leagues. Uh, Felipe Alou played with his two brothers in the outfield and then went on to a huge career with the Expos. He played the Expos, he coached, he managed. Koski and Stairs are two of the best Canadians to ever play the, play the game from Canada. And, and then Bob Elliott. Bob Elliott's won the, uh, the Spink Award in Cooperstown for writers. He's won our Jack Rainey Award for the media, and, and he's in our Hall of Fame. So he's one of the greatest Canadian baseball writers ever. So that would be the class, I would, I would say. Okay. If I understand
1: correctly, the, the Tip O'Neill Award... Is, is also something that the Canadian Hall of Fame has every season. Um, can you tell us first off about Tip O'Neill and, and about what the what the, the award means?
2: Yeah, for sure. Tip O'Neill was sort of the first Canadian superstar. He's from Woodstock, Ontario, which is I'll say half an hour south of St. Mary's or again, sort of halfway between Toronto and Detroit um, in Southern Ontario. And the uh, he was the first superstar. He played in the 1880s, more or less. Um, they won the World Championship uh, with the St. Louis Browns in the 1880s. Um, he was the first uh, guy to win the unofficial Triple Crown in Major League Baseball. They didn't keep that necessarily award back then, but he led the league in, in the three Triple Crown categories and was the first to do that. Um, he's, he's sort of like the uh, – he's, he's like Babe Ruth. He started as a pitcher, and and then he became – he was a better hitter than a pitcher, and so they put him out in the outfield where he, he couldn't play defense, but he could hit. Um, he didn't have the power of Babe Ruth, of course. No one, no one had that power. But, um, you know, he hit, uh, in 1887, he hit 492. So oh. imagine hitting 492 in a big league season. Now, if you look in the record books, it says 435 because the, in 1887, they counted walks as base hits. And so you didn't really have an on-base oh. percentage. You just had a batting average in 1887. But now the historians have sort of divided the two up, and and now you have both. Um, but he still hit 435 that year. So he's one of the guys in baseball history to hit over 400 in a season. And you, you look at his overall career, we all know how good Larry Walker was playing for Colorado and the Expos and the Cardinals. Um, Tip O'Neill was a 326 career hitter over 1,000 games in the big leagues. Um, so that, again, if you look at the history books, you know he's right up there in the top 50 all-time hitters in the history of the game. So we need the reward after him just because he was sort of the first superstar um, that played the game. And, and we started giving out the award in 1984, just after the museum out, opened. Um, so guys like Fergie Jenkins didn't win the award because he was retired by then. But uh, Larry Walker's won the award nine times. Uh, Joey Votto, who's still one of the best players in baseball at the Reds, he's won it seven times. Justin Morneau's won it a few times. Jason Bay a few times. Um, but each year we have a committee that sort of votes on the, uh, on the award winner. And then we go down to present to their at their home park the next year, um, which is which is kind of cool. We've uh, you know we, the only year we didn't really go was when we gave it to Jamie Romack, who played over in Korea in 2020, uh, because we couldn't go to Korea in 2021. <laughs> A few things going on in the world that we couldn't travel across the world to, to deliver the award to him. But uh, you know I've been down to Cincinnati seven times in like the last ten years to give Joey the award. Uh, you know Justin Warneau broke up the streak. And when he won the batting title with the Rockies in 2014, I believe it was. Um, So it was a longer trip to Colorado, but uh, it's a great way to stay in touch with these players and get promotion for the hall of fame. And it's a way to honor these guys. They've had some amazing careers and, and we look forward to handing it out many more times.
0: So we're sponsored by Atlas benefits. And one of their employees is Tip O'Neill winner, Rob Ducey. So I was wondering if you might be able to tell us anything about Rob. I know how, how well he can hit a golf ball, but uh tell me maybe a little bit about his baseball career.
2: Yeah. Rob Rob, I mean I can't I'll tell you he's awesome, but now you guys already you guys already know that. Um he was inducted in 2013. It was uh you know it was George Bell, uh Tim Raines and Rob Ducey were the three main inductees wow. that year. And uh, you know, he's sort of like Scott, what am I doing with these guys? Right. And uh, you know, because George Bell and Tim Raines, I mean Tim Raines is a Cooperstown Hall of Famer and and George uh, won MVP in '87, and and obviously a great long career. And I said to Rob, I said, Rob, look at your career. You played 19 years of professional baseball and and 2,000 games of pro baseball. Plus, you played for Team Canada. Plus, you're still scouting. I know he's doing a lot of stuff for the Phillies, and they went overseas and did stuff. And now he's he's back. Um, you know, you, you played Canada in the big world tournaments. Like, you deserve to be here just as much as George Bell and and Tim Raines do. And so, and of course he humble Rob, he says, you know, he still doesn't believe me, but um, you know, he's just a down to earth guy. His, his parents are great. Um, they don't live too far away from here. And, and uh, you know, Rob, a lot of people, you know, some people were surprised until they, they look at his career. I mean, again, it's not all about your playing days. You look, Rob still played 700 games in the big leagues. Like add, add that up. 700 games in the big leagues. Like how many right. people do that? Um, and especially from Canada, there aren't very many. And, uh, you know, he sure he wasn't, a, he wasn't a home run hitter. He didn't start every game, but he still played 700 games in the big leagues and another 1200 games of professional baseball, um, including times in Japan. So he was, he was well-deserving and, and that year was great. He, he loved it. There was a lot of people here that wanted to talk to Rob and see Rob because he grew up in the Cambridge area, played some local ball, sort of top amateur ball in Ontario. And uh, he's, he's a good guy. So um, he's one of our proud inductees. He's. He's always been so busy. He hasn't made it back here too often because he's been busy, which is great. He's been scouting and he's been overseas and, and whatnot. So hopefully uh, hopefully this year I can, I can grab him in, in June and, and drag him back to St. Mary's. But uh, we'll see how that the border and everything else is comes, uh, come a few months from now.
0: Uh, he's, he's managing a high school team about 10 minutes away from where I live right now. So he's, he's keeping busy. All right. Brian, did you have
1: one more, Brian? Or? I could throw one more out if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, um, well, I understand that both the 2020 and the 2022 classes of inductees will be honored at a ceremony uh, this coming June. So, having two classes together at once, does that present any extra challenges?
2: It does. Uh, it's, it, yeah, because we announce, we always announce our class in the beginning of February of each year. And if you remember back to 2020, February in Canada, we, everything was good, everything was normal. You heard the odd whisper of maybe something going on, but we announced our class in February 2020, and then Canada basically shut down in March of 2020, and you know, varying times opened a little bit, closed a bit, bit a little bit, et cetera. Um, so we haven't actually got to honor the four guys from 2020, and and that class is amazing. I mean, Justin Morneau uh, one MVP, longtime Minnesota Twins from uh, from British Columbia two Blue Jay legends and Dwayne Ward and John Olerud, a uh, great pitcher and great hitter. And then uh, Jacques Doucette, if you're a Montreal Expo fan, Jacques Doucette was the voice of the Expos for, for 35 years um, on the French radio in Quebec. And he's still doing French radio for the Blue Jays um, to this day. And uh, so that class, you know, they've sort of been put to aside for two years. And, and so I called them up. We kept trying to do the ceremony. It just didn't happen, didn't happen. And so we finally said, let's just delay it to 2022 and uh, we'll just put you in with, uh, you know, Jeff Francis got announced. So now we have five inductees. It's, it's, it's just a little confusing because people are like, "Well, oh, what are you doing in 2020? And how come you're mixing them up and, and whatnot? But uh, we've inducted five people before. And, and one of the cool things with this class, and it doesn't even, we didn't even know it was going to work out this way. But Justin and Jeff are actually the same age. They're both 41. And they actually played high school baseball together in, in British oh, nice. Columbia. So, you know, roundabout circle is they, they didn't grow up in the same town was sort of an elite team program for, for teenagers. And, uh, they played and, and they told us on the phone call that Jeff Francis, who was of course a major league pitcher, he was their number four hitter because he was the best hitter on that team. And Justin Morneau was the catcher. So it was, uh, and if you know Justin's career, he was drafted as a catcher, but never played a day of catcher. He became the, uh, good first baseman. And, uh, But Jeff was the best hitter and best pitcher on that team. And Justin, he said, Justin just sat there in his catcher's crouch. And Jeff, he couldn't throw hard because Jeff was a skinny teenager. But he said, Justin, he just sat there with his catcher's mitt. And as you can imagine, just, you know, Jeff hit every corner. And Justin said he was the easiest guy to catch for. And then he turned up being the best hitter on the team as well. Better than Justin, (laughs) who won an MVP hitting in Major League Baseball. So it'll be great having those guys together. They're both pretty excited to be on stage at the same time because it's sort of a roundabout circle for them. And, and when Jeff lives in Ontario now and, and Justin lives in Minnesota because he's broadcasting for the Twins, um, they don't get to see each other that much. So it'll be a nice little uh, nice little reunion from their, from back all the way back to their high school days.
0: What's the date of the ceremony
2: induction? It's June 18th, June 18th. Uh, this year. It's sort of a, we do a three-day festival sort of thing. We have a big welcoming event first on the Thursday night, sort of a private little function where you can, you know, intimate function where you get up and close with the guys. And then we have a, a celebrity golf tournament on the Friday where we bring in past inductees and celebrities from different sports. And we have a fundraising golf tournament. And then the Saturday 18th is the big day. It's all outside on our site on one of our ball fields. And it's a free ceremony. And it's just all-day baseball.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Scott Crawford, Director of Operations for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. What Awesome to have you on. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Hey.
2: Hey, thanks, Michael and Brian. That was awesome. Give me a shout anytime. We can talk baseball all night.
0: Sounds Um, good. We'll remind everybody, hit that subscribe button. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Have a great evening.